Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. It's your host, Ralph Lark. What's up, guys? It's been a long week, but I am happy to be here continuing the process with you right now. Isn't that the best part of the week? We get to talk about some fantasy football. I don't know what you do for work, how you pay the bills, but I know it's probably stressful sometimes, like it is for me. So what we're going to get to do is kick it and talk about some fantasy football right about now as my neighbors rage out next door having their party um couple things before we get into the actual fantasy football part of this soiree um there's a few different ways to find the process first and foremost our website www.tigerbombsae.com great place to listen to the process you can catch the podcast there and we've actually switched some things around this is the perfect time to tell you about that because you can find it all there at tigerbombsae.com if you click on the process page you can listen to us but also now thursday night football it's over there we the podcast is running over we need to keep it to a concise time and so thursday night football is going to have its own blog short simple and sweet nobody really needs more than that about a game that's usually off the main slate and gets a lot of press anyway so we'll handle that in a blog um written by moi so I'll take care of that, and you can find it on the process page there. And another new addition to that page is going to be the DFS DK picks that I give you each week. In addition to hearing that during this episode, you'll be able to actually see them when you go to check out the game predictions by me too. So now you got a couple different things: Thursday night football blog and recap. You got the um, you know daily fantasy. Uh, picks by me uh, the guys by position the stacks and the prices all right there for you in addition to um, the uh, picks for the week too so I'm, I'm almost forgetting because there's so much stuff now so check out the website there if you are a listen on the go type of person then the process is perfect for you too anywhere you listen to a podcast you can catch this um, podcast. So what I mean is like an app. If you have Spotify or iTunes, you listen to stuff there, you can find us there. All you do is search by our company name, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. If you search by that, you will have no problems finding the podcast. And not only will you get the process, but you'll hear the heart of the order and some of the other cool things here at Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. If you are a social media person, um, no worries, I got you there. I'm always hanging out on Facebook trying to um, make that quick update when we hear something new or do a poll or something like that. So you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter too. If you want to tweet, you want to show me your team, you want to get some trade advice, whatever, some banter on NFL Sunday, that's cool too. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter the same way. Just search by going at the process, T B S A E. And finally, guys, if you want to email me, feel free. The email is set up for you guys. You can actually go on the um, the website and you can sign up for the newsletter. There's been nothing yet. I will you know, eventually get around to something that I think is important that you guys can read and that I have time to do. Um, but if you need to email me, you have a conundrum. 
I think is the word the kids use. You have some fantasy football issue that you need to sort out, some long questions, some segment you want to hear. Then you can hear us at the process at tigerbombsae.com. That will come directly to me, and I'll be able to answer that. So, guys, I that's the lay of the land right there. It's the same usual episode except for no Thursday Night Football. And so instead of just getting into that, I think we're going to I think everybody's going to be excited to start with one of their very favorite segments. Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. It is indeed that time of week where we clean our fantasy house. So let's get down to it. Not going to be as long as last week, but we still do have some important notes to go over this week. Um, And first, let's start with. A tight end update really important for housekeeping that we understand the lay of the land in terms of tight ends as as far as what things have changed recently um vanette is gone to the steelers now seahawks traded him and so he's over there so if you're a vance mcdonald owner you have that to consider now and if you are a disley owner you have that to consider now because he's getting the lion's share now. There's no splitting with Vanette anymore. Um, Knox and Buffalo may be a thing. Um, just something to look at. Nothing, nobody to pick up yet or anything like that. But just something to be aware of is possibly something moving forward. So Knox and Buffalo possibly a thing. And then the two biggest tight end updates that we really need to cover right now are be aware that Ben Watson is coming back next week. And so is Chris Herndon too. So if you're hurting at the position or if you neglected the position in your drafting responsibilities, and this is a time to pick it up. Nobody's going to tell me that they would be, you know, like shrugging their shoulders at getting a target for Brady, right? So this is another target for Brady in terms of the tight end, Ben Watson. So Herndon would be ranked under him, in my opinion. So number one thing out there right now, if you need a tight end, Ben Watson, that's the tight end update. Now, let we, we, we got to talk about Melvin Gordon. He's coming back, right? And I really started thinking about this because I've gone to the Melvin Gordon owner uh, as the Austin Eckler owner in both of my leagues that I have talked about on this podcast already. And I've tried to trade him to that guy consistently all along during the season because it seemed like the logical thing to try to do. Um Now, I'll get into that in a second as to why I thought that's logical, but I've not been able to be successful with regard to getting rid of him, getting him over to one of them so that I can get something in return. And now, obviously, with this news that he's coming back, so any plans of that are are gone. And Eckler basically has, you know, very much diminished value for me moving forward. Now, the issue with all of this is why didn't you make the trade when you had the opportunity because honestly you should have jumped on this if you thought so much of that run game you thought so much of melvin gordon that you drafted him as highly as you did then you would be invested in his handcuff if you didn't do that then that's a huge problem that you would draft him so highly and not go get the handcuff then 
if I come to you as the handcuff owner, Eckler, and I try to give them to you and you don't want to jump on that, that's just being stubborn about trades because I'm going to you because of your perceived value of who he is. You've drafted him so high and it costs you so much. So that comes to what this is all about. What did it cost them? And I have to ask you because something that I'm starting to uncover in my leagues and those of my coworkers and other colleagues and other people that I know, people you know that I've bantered with about the show, there seems to be a common theme. The Melvin Gordon owner is in the basement. And it's a points-wise thing. They're in the basement, basement for real. So it start, it, you know, I, you know, I, I really didn't consider this until I started to think about my un, unsuccessful trades with both of them, and then I start asking around. And so, guys, do you think that it is a anomaly? Do you think it's just random? Do you think it's pure luck that all of these Gordon owners are in the basement? No, it's because they drafted him too high. It costs too much. Here I am trying to bail you out, bring you back the value that you would have had from him, right? And, they, and they're still not smart enough to understand that. See, this is the difference between being a savvy season-long player or somebody that's just coasting along with some out-of-date strategy, right? And it's not to knock anybody, but this is the reality of what it is. Fantasy football is hard to win. You got to be about your stuff. You can't be coming in with this recycle thing, right? And so you're already at a disadvantage if you don't play daily fantasy football because those of us that do that, we understand the perceived value on a week-to-week basis, not a year-to-year basis like the, like the seasonal people do. So you've got to take advantage of everything at your fingertips. And um, you've been disadvantaged for already a quarter of the season by not accepting a trade that you could have accepted a long time ago, but here comes Gordon, right? But you gotta climb out of the basement. This one dude is not going to, you know, having him change the whole trajectory of how you draft it, it's just really messed up, right? So all that is going into just some, you know, some food for thought for you guys with regard to, as we move forward in our draft strategy, for all time's sake now, forever, can we please not draft guys that are sitting out until at least the right the sixth right you got to wait the sixth or something like that you can't feel that FOMO if you're missing out if somebody else goes up and gets them before and this is exactly why in case you were wondering you don't have to worry about that you missed out you did not miss out on anything okay now we kind of talked about trades a little bit mixed in with that so the next housekeeping note has to do with trades we need to like I'm going to acclimate you guys to trading. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's the it's the best thing, trading. And there's such an aversion to it and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the scary players, but we're going to if you are a scary player, don't worry about it. We're going to break you out of your shell and I'm going to make you understand reasonably why you should do this. You're not going to feel bullied. We're not going to press you up against the lockers, but we are going to change your mentality. Look, how about this? Let's take baby steps. Today, we're just going to talk about who's your trade partner. So we'll try it one at a time. Everybody will have one person that you should be trade partners with. And so I thought I would give you guys today, who is the best trade partner for you, depending on who you are in the league right now. So if you're in last place, 
you're in last place. Listen, your trade partner should be everybody. You should want to be involved with anybody that will make your team better. That's got to be your mission. You can't let it's a quarter of the season at this point after week four. So you're going to be in trouble if you stay in the basement for too much longer. So if you're last in points, your trade partners, everybody. Now, if you're first in points, you got to understand people are not going to want to trade with you. It's the mentality. They don't care how much better it makes them. They don't want to make you better at all. And even if the trade makes them a whole lot better and makes you only a little bit better, time and time again, fantasy football players have proven they will blow their whole freaking foot off, you know, just to graze your pinky, basically, is the way it goes. So if you're in first place, there's not going to be a lot of options for you, but you do have some options. You don't get to be lazy either. We don't stay in first place by doing nothing. If you're in first place, you got there for a reason. So you have to go out and secure your backups, right? Mike Williams is probably on the wave of wire right now. But if you're the Keenan Allen owner and you're in first place and you're cruising, why don't you have him? I I don't know why you don't have him. He should be your handcuff. You know, if you've got to do like Jeffrey, you know, you may want to consider having Aguilar. And this is for those people that have got everything else covered, right? They're not scuffling with injuries or sitting guys or whatever this is for that person at the tip top right like we said first in points you know you're cruising you're in first place you look crystal clear you still should be doing something too getting your running back handcuffs and getting those certain wide receiver handcuffs so that's your mission so you trade whenever possible to do that you have some value on your bench probably that you've been harboring that you need to give up right now to go get your handcuffs so go to those people if your handcuffs aren't on the waiver wire like mike williams go to those people and make them a trade that you know they're going to look at it like lopsided but it's not really lopsided because the value is perceived so the value to you of your handcuff is equal to a better player's value that you're giving him everybody wins you cannot be afraid that's a trade both teams have you know the both people have to feel like they got something Everybody keeps thinking that a trade is if I'm smart enough to outsmart you. That's not a trade. That is not a trade. Um, if you have a bell cow back, um, then yes, you need to be trading for his handcuff. We're going to keep hammering it over and over again because when that dude goes down, there, there you go too, right? So let's take care of that. Um, if you are running back heavy, then you need to go to the person that has, you know, that wide receiver depth on the bench. You need to try to make a trade, not for one of their bench players. You want to put forth one of your good running backs so you can get one of his starting wide receivers. See, that's the thing. Stop this lowballing thing. We got to come with our big boy pants when we trade, and we got to be more logical than the competition out there. That's why you're listening to the process. That's that's what you're getting. And you're not even paying for it. So you are welcome, all of you two people. I'm kidding. There's more people than that to listen to this, but not many more. Anyways, if you are wide receiver heavy, then it's the opposite, right? You trade that value. And again, don't lowball. Use the bet, use the high end um, and you go get that. Or you trade off of perceived value. So if you're an AJ Green owner and you wide receiver heavy, you can give back a running back because of the perceived value. He hasn't played yet. All that flash is still there. It's, oh, you know, he's a wide receiver one and all the promises there. And everybody loves thinking about the positive things that can happen, right? So he'll never have more value 
than before he actually starts playing. That's a true thing. AJ Green will never have more value this year than before he actually starts playing. So if you want to do something about it, now is the time. If you're not going to get back the running back value you think is out there when he starts playing, all it's going to take is his first week back, which will be explainable, like three yards, three, you know, three catches, 30 yards because he's just getting acclimated. Oh, that'll be it, though. They'll, they'll, they won't do your thing. That's it. It's over. So, you know, look at it like that. If you guys, um, oh, I'm sorry. If you have guys that um, that you've stashed and haven't played yet, right? Like that's that's what I. Oh, I'm sorry. I already included that before. Okay, but these last three are very important. If you're the Diggs owner, if you're the Thielen owner, go get a trade for the other one. This is why I'm saying that you you lost by having those because the volume is not there in Minnesota. So now you need them both because, to be quite honest with you, I don't think it's that difficult. I've been picking. And you guys can listen to it. All this stuff is available still. You can listen to the podcast and hear. We've been picking, you know, as far as who's going to be successful on a week-to-week basis, just fine. We all know Thielen gets the under stuff, and we all know that Diggs gets the over-the-top. There are teams that play one better than the other. It's not complicated. So at this point, you look, we got to get the edge. Everybody, we're always looking for the edge. And so the edge for you right now, if you are the Diggs owner, if you're the Thielen owner, you're not getting enough value from Diggs or Thielen. So go get Diggs and Thielen. Pair them together and listen to me every week and start one of them, not both of them. That will be overexposure. People are going to think you're stupid for wanting to be overexposure to Minnesota. But we won't be doing it like that. We will be just exposed enough. If one of them gets hurt, who cares? You got the handcuff right there. That is the way that you need to play your season if those are the players you have. Everybody has different goals and XP. You know, it's like when you play the game, Madden, you got like season goals and stuff like that. You got different season goals depending on who is on your team. So I've just told you what your season goals are. You know, if you have Diggs or Thielen, that's before the trade deadline is over. Go get the other one. And I guarantee you that is the first step to starting the the woe, to stopping the woes that you've had. Right. And so if you are a Diggs or Thielen owner and you've got running back depth, come on, baby, use that. Let's go get our other boy and don't feel bad about it. Like you're going to feel good about it. You're outsmarting people. You know, they're going to be texting you they're gonna try to rub it in but they're really not rubbing in they're curious they're like they they don't know what you're doing so don't even you know you could be coy with them if you want to but we're talking about being savvy here right this is next level you know psychological get around the crap so that you can win right we want that ring we want that belt whatever it is that you know you guys stroll for so all right i think as far as the housekeeping goes we touched it all so now our final our, our fantasy football house is clean for the week and we can get ready to hear a little bit more about week four let's play a round of would you rather so here we go would you rather adam thielen or marquise brown marquise brown larry fitzgerald or julian edelman larry fitzgerald larry fitzgerald or sterling shepherd Larry Fitzgerald, Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster or Sammy Watkins, Mm, Sammy Watkins, Juju Smith-Schuster or Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Carson or Ty Gurley, 
uh, Chris Carson. Chris Carson or Leonard Fournette? Chris Carson. David Montgomery or Wayne Gallman? Gallman. Tyrell Williams or Darren Waller? Waller. James Conner or Mark Ingram? Conner. James Conner or Nick Chubb? Conner. Evan Ingram or Tyler Boyd? Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram or Larry Fitzgerald? Larry Fitzgerald. Chris Godwin or Robert Woods? Robert Woods. Chris Godwin or Adam Thielen? Adam Thielen, Marlon Mack or David Johnson, Marlon Mack, Odell Beckham Jr. or Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham Jr. or Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey or Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Sammy Watkins or Kenny, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, Sammy Watkins or Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins, that's close to a push, Austin Eklund, Excuse me, Austin Eckler or Alvin Kamara? I'm going to take Kamara this week, guys. Carryon Johnson or Joe Mixon? Carryon Johnson. Calvin Ridley or Allen Robinson? Calvin Ridley. Demarcus Robinson or DK Metcalf? I'll take Robinson. Terry McLaurin or Josh Gordon? I'll take McLaurin. Julio Jones or Keenan Allen? I'll take Keenan Allen. Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook? I'll take McCaffrey this week. And Sonny Michelle or David Montgomery? I will take Sonny Michelle this week. That has been your Would You Rather for week four. And now it's time for the process to reload. All right, we only got so many shots, so let's make them good this week, guys. First game up, we're going to go Chargers at Dolphins. So the Chargers are going to travel East for that early game, that 10 a.m. game for them. It's never easy for the West Coast team to travel early, but they should still be fine. It's going to be hot in Miami, but they should still be fine. I don't think those things will be factors. They'll make it a little tougher, but they should be able to persevere just because of the way the Dolphins roll over and play dead. They play football like a dolphin literally lying on the beach trying to survive. So it's not going to be tough this week, right? There's a couple of things, though, that we do need to go over. We don't have to belabor the point. We all know what's going to happen here, but look, um, Keenan Allen, 16 targets in week three, right? And he caught 13 of those for 183 yards and two scores. Xavier Howard's probably going to shadow him, but I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, he also shadowed Amari Cooper and he gave up two touchdowns to Amari Cooper. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he played him poorly, but he caught him twice at the wrong opportunity and he made him pay. So there's opportunity for Keenan Allen in volume too. So people are on him um i am on him but i mean there's you know it i'm just gonna say it's like it's better than neutral is what i'll say because of the volume it's like the matchup is a little tougher than you want but there's the volume 16 targets last week that is like eye bulging like your eyes are turning into boiled eggs and pus bumping out of your eyes because nobody gets volume like that so that's something interesting and that's why we want to keep playing him and targeting him um number two running back twice now against the Dolphins um, has been able to get some touches. We saw Gus Elric get 17 touches in week one. Tony Pollard got 16 touches. So this is why everybody likes Justin Jackson. If you were unsure of where all the Justin Jackson hoopla was coming from, that's where it's coming from is people are hoping that, um, you know, the Chargers are going to be up big. And so they want to, you know, kind of run it and run the clock out. And, you know, so this takes away from Eckler a little bit and it adds to Justin Jackson a little bit too. Um, me personally, I really do think that I this game script, honestly, 
I think Allen could break a few hearts this week by not in season long, but like I mean, like in um, daily fantasy. I think what's going to happen is he won't be able to pay off the value for his price. Um, I do have him recommended, and as I'm starting to think about it, like going through this stuff with you guys, I think I might take him off that list. I think I'm going to fade him because the matchup is going to be just a little bit tougher than I think we think. So um, I'm glad we were able to talk through that. But in terms of running backs, Austin Eckler, I'm going to fade him too. We'll talk about that. It's the same thing for DFS purposes. um, The matchup is just too, um, it's actually an easy matchup, but because of the way the secondary running back gets the touches, I don't like it for him, for DFS. He just can't pay off that value for the price there. But in season long, it's still good for him, right? Eckler, it's still fine. Um, And for Keenan Allen, it's still fine too. The Dolphins are going to lose this game for sure, one way or the other. And I think those two are going to have a good part in it. It's just, you know, like we said, for the season long, it has to pay the value. On the Dolphin side, it's all about Preston Williams right now. He has at least 10 PPR points um, in all three weeks this season. So far this season, only three receivers have seen double-digit targets in the red zone. Keenan Allen is 12. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans is 11, but Preston Williams has 10, so he's their guy. So, you know, I'm not saying that this is this dude's going to set your world on fire, but if you are hurting, absolutely hurting, you need to look at him. And certainly for GPP Flyers, we want to take a look at him in the daily fantasy world. But for all intents and purposes, Chargers are going to win this football game one way or the other. I just think that... Um, you know, Keenan Allen does well, but not as well. I'm really invested in Phillip Rivers. I think he has a good game. Um, on the other side of the things, I think the Dolphins struggle. The Chargers defense, I recommend them highly in this one. In a game, they should win handily. Reload. All right, our next one is going to be the Raiders at the Colts. And um, Darren Waller now, ha- so he leads the team in targets. Um for all three games of the season, he's led or tied with Tyrell Williams, basically. So he's getting a lot of looks. Sunday, he was targeted 14 times in week three, Sunday. Um, and he only trailed Keenan Allen on the week. We just talked about the fact that Keenan Allen got 16 targets. Well, this dude got 14, which is absurd as well. That's really absurd. So it's not so much that he's this great prolific player, but when we talk about volume, we talk about touches and looks and things like that then he becomes really relevant when we think about those numbers. Um, As far as um, other Raiders go, Josh Jacobs, look, at Alabama, 12.4 yards per catch was his average. Now, through three weeks in the NFL, he's got all of three targets. So they're going to have to get him more involved if they want to have more success. That's really what they need to do. Um, Derek Carr didn't attempt any throws into the end zone last week and he only has three of those on the season this is why i haven't been recommending these people and why i can't recommend them to you we can't recommend an offense where they're not even throwing in the end zone so if you've had some dreams or grander you know some delusions of grandeur based on the raiders it's not going to happen they're not even throwing in the end zone um on the cult side of things you know jacoby Brissett. He is um, a 7-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio, and he just threw for 310 yards in this last game. He is a starter, okay? Like, he's a starter in the NFL. we got to stop thinking about this as they got to run with their backup. This offense is what it is, and they're ready to roll right now. This is a game that they should win. He'll do well. I think Marlon Mack will be fine, but he's not the smash hit that I think that everybody thinks he is. T.Y. Hilton is out, and so I'm very much interested in... Deion Kane. 
Um, definitely from a DFS standpoint, seasonal, if you're hurting, yeah, in a deep league, sure. Go grab him because I think that's going to be the target for Brissett. If you're an Ebron owner or a Doyle owner, perhaps, then, you know, good news for you this week because Hilton being out could mean more targets for your guys on the underneath as well. But I, however it goes, I think that the Colts win, their defense holds up. The defense is a sneaky pick this week, too, in my opinion, at a, at a home game where they're going to walk away with the W. Reload. Okay, our next contest is the Vikings at uh, the Chicago Bears, the Monsters of the Midway. Vikings are headed to Chicago. Um, okay, so the thing, you know, we all know who Dalvin Cook is, but the Bears are pretty stout against the run. So, you know, I don't know necessarily unless you're playing season long. Like if in DFS, I'm fading it. In season long, you want to play him. And I can confidently say that there's a reason you confidently say play him here and not there, right? But we can you got to play him because he has been elusive. I will have to give him that. He has a lot of missed tackles this year. I think he's top at least top five in the NFL right now. Um, he's been elusive, and the Bears haven't been as sure of a tackling team as they were last year. I'm not saying they're a terrible tackling team. People will literally twist your words. I did not say the Bears were a terrible tackling team. I said they haven't been as good of a tackling team as they were last year and he is quite elusive and so two and two should mean four is what we're getting at there the other thing i want to note for you with regard to the vikings and the bears is alexander madison we got to like this dude and i don't know like like i'm telling you don't take not information from people that don't watch the games i'm watching every game and the two running backs that visually caught my eye last week were Lashawn mccoy he looked spry. He looked young. He looked quick. He looked strong. I know he got hurt, but dude looked good. I watched that game. He ran well. And Alexander Madison looked good, too. He had like a Michael Jordan-esque like pose, you know, as he like struck his touchdown dive. But this dude is clearly behind Dalvin Cook, um, and he's pretty much getting enough, like he's getting some work enough that we can consider him as the handcuff, right? And I talked to you guys earlier about what to do if you're a Thielen or Diggs owner. Now I'm going to tell you the juicy part that you need to know. This week, we're going to fade Thielen and play Diggs because Thielen, again, is on the, you know, he's on the understuff, on the underneath. The Bears have a good linebacking core. I think they cover that underneath well. The safeties can drop down and get there, but it's over the top I'd be worried about if I were Chicago, and that's Diggs territory. And so, I do like Diggs this week as opposed to Thielen. And as far as the Bears go, guys, listen, I'm sorry. I watched that game, and it, they still, this team still is not what they should be. This is the Kansas City Chiefs a la Alex Smith is what I think about when I look at the Bears. That's who they look like. They they cannot make the big play downfield. Trubisky can't make that first read. There's a lot of things wrong with this team. Trubisky can't make the – if he can't get to the first read, he is the worst quarterback in the league. If he can get the first read, yeah, he's, he's you know, it's a Jekyll and Hyde. He's pretty good. But if he can't get that, and teams basically have understood this, and they're all going to keep doing this. They're going to force the Bears to make Mitchell Trubisky beat them, which means – Invite him to pass, right? Because he does dumb stuff like he did last week and throw that interception directly at the defender in the end zone. He's not very good right now, and the Bears are coasting on that defense. 
this is going to be a tough week. This is two teams, as you've heard from every pundit, with the same things. Good defenses, bad quarterbacks, right? Vikings have a little bit of a better run game, though, than the Bears do. And, but the Bears are at home. So and when it all boils down to it, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give this one, my Chicago fans, to the Vikings. And I'm going to say the difference maker will be the special teams the bears been a little shaky i feel they miss a kick maybe and lose a close game reload all right our next game is going to be the redskins at the giants and this is a uh interesting one right here um I you know the, the couple of things about the Redskins they got some sneaky good guys Thompson Chris Thompson is quietly running back eighteen in PPR scoring so he's getting you know double digit points on a weekly basis he's getting touches in terms of pass receptions right he's not getting actual you know rushes but he's getting those pass receptions um he's tied for fifth most roots run with 79 he has the fourth most receptions and second most receiving yards a running back so. Yeah, we we like that, and you've got to keep him on your radar. You can ditch AP if you've been holding on and cuffing both of these dudes like I have. You can ditch AP. You don't need him, but you want to hold on to Thompson just in case. Um, QB9 through, t- through three weeks. That's Case Keenum, y'all. He's been QB9 through three weeks. Excuse me, not two weeks. So he's ahead of a lot of other people. He's ahead of Josh Allen, Phillip Rivers, Kyler Murray. Yeah, Case Keenum has not played bad. He scored like 18.6 points against um, the Chicago Bears last week. So this dude has quietly been putting in the work um, is what is what I mean to say. Now, Richardson, Paul Richardson, for his part, has scored in back-to-back weeks. And he just had his best game of the week. Um, and this again, this game was Chicago. Eight and nine, he caught eight of his nine targets for 83 yards and a score. So... They aren't as terrible as we want to think. That's why people are thinking that this game, Redskins and Giants, can kind of shoot out a little bit. On the other side, they're thinking the Giants are going to put up points because of, you know, old Daniel Jones, old Danny Destiny, a.k.a. Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Big Daddy Danny. Yes. New York loves everything about New York. And already, this kid is the living legend. Um, Look, he had a great game. Fourth most pressure passing yards by any QB in a regular season game in the history of pro football focus. So that goes back to 2007. He had a good game. He adjusted to the pressure. He completed 80% of his pressure attempts for 233 yards and two touchdowns and a perfect passer rating. In 232 career starts, Eli Manning has scored over 33 fantasy points just one time in 232 career starts. In one career start, Danny Destiny has scored over 33 points already. Um, So that's where all this hype is coming from. You know, do, here's what I think is going to happen in this game. Honestly, I do believe that he can play well. The crowd will be behind him. But I think the Giants are in for a rude awakening because it was just a good game. I don't think the Redskins can rush the passer anyway, right? I think coverage is going to be where their strong suit is. And so, honestly, it's hard to find, especially young guys, that can do both, right? Like, you don't have a lot of young players besides Pat Mahomes. 
You know, you don't have young dudes besides guys named Pat Mahomes that can basically either A, be perfect against, you know, pass rush, or B, be perfect when there's no pass rush and everybody's dropped back in coverage. Typically, when you're good at one, you're not that good at the other. And that's your learning curve, right? Now, so I'm thinking that if I'm the Redskins, just drop these dudes back in coverage. If he's that good against, you know, the rush, which honestly, which is a new thing. He wasn't this good against the rush in college either. So I'm a little concerned that this is fool's gold almost. Um, and so I think as a GPP play, and you'll hear it later in the DraftKings section of the picks, but I do like the Redskins defense as a surprise pick this week because I just don't think he's going to have a greatest game as everybody thinks he is. So the Redskins, I think, are not as bad a team as people think. They can go into New York, and I'm going to pick them to win this game on the road. Reload. And our next game is the Panthers at the Texans. So Kyler Murray, another dude that was pretty decent under pressure. He had less of it, um, but he did complete five of nine passes for 37 yards, but most importantly, a pair of touchdowns. Yeah, see, that's the most important part right there. Look, Curtis Samuel, we like him. He had only one more yard than DJ Moore. So we're talking 53 yards, 52 yards. Okay. But they each scored a touchdown, too. Here's the thing, though Curtis Samuel has seven targets, and DJ Moore only had two. So again, we talked last week about how targets are important as well. This is how we differentiate. See, the layperson, the average player, the, you know, kind of weekend player. They're not going to know the difference between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. The difference is volume. That's how we can sustain our predictions. More volume makes it easier to predict it as an actual outcome. This is this is simple. So Curtis Samuel, we like him. Um, now also, the left side of the Lions had some issues for the Panthers. The right side's been good, but the left side's had some problems. So. You know, that backside pressure, I think, is going to keep coming. I think the Texans will be able to bring it with Watt. They're going to be able to get a rush off there. Um, But the right side should be okay. Not worried about McCaffrey. He's going to get his work. He always gets his work. McCaffrey's averaging a massive 24.7 amount of touches per game. So we don't have to worry that he's not going to see volume, whether it's through rushes or passes. He, It's all about him right now. So if you're a McCaffrey owner like I am in one league, you just sit tight. Everything is good with him, with you right now. Now the Texans, um, listen, in week three, they led for most of the second half. But it didn't result in much for Carlos Hyde. Usually when a team is up, They give it, you know, we want to run the clock out. We give it to the running back. However, it didn't seem to help Carlos Hyde. 19 rushing yards on 10 carries. So I'm just saying this is pedestrian right now. We can't have concerns for Hyde or Duke Johnson. It's just, you know, in real life, they're a good football team. But this is muddy for our purposes right now. So me... I'm taking a step away from that. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to recommend any parts of that for you guys. Kenny Stills coming into town has really cut off things for Will Fuller, too. Kenny Stills is, you know, he's perfect for the quarterback that Deshaun Watson is. He's got the best, the biggest arm, you know, besides Mahomes. He can really launch that thing. 
and Kenny Stills can really get deep. So he's perfect for that type of arrangement. Um, he's really coincided with Will Fuller's explosiveness going away. So for right now, DeAndre Hopkins remains your main option on the offense. But I think as a flex in deeper leagues, you know, as long as you understand that it's boom or bust that's touchdown dependent, you can still take a look at Kenny Stills. But um, ultimately this week, I think that the Panthers do not get the win. The Texans are going to overpower them. Um, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as people think, though. I think that the the Panthers are not going to put up as many points as people think. So I think that um, Houston win this game. Uh, and I want to say fairly handily, I think that they, they take this one. Reload. All right, our next one is the Chiefs at the Lions. And, okay, so, the, you know, this you know should be a shootout. And, honestly, we, we like Matt Stafford for DFS this week because anytime you're going up against Mahomes, you just have to do work, right? And we expect you to be trailing. We expect you to need points, yada, yada. Um, Darrell Williams, let's talk about him. Um, 109 yards from scrimmage last week. So a couple guys, McCoy's still a little banged up. Damian Williams still out. Daryl Williams is okay. I'm okay to recommend him. You know, if you have to play him in season long, you're in a pinch. I think you could do worse than that, right? That's fine. Now, Mahomes, this is going to be his first game in a dome. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this affects. You know, usually people think you play better in a dome. We'll see. And he's com- he's off to just doing what he does, right? Already, he's 13-20 on deep ball throws for the year for 256 yards and seven touchdowns, which is amazing. It's not going to stop on Sunday. It should be a fun game. The Lions are playing better than people think. I don't think that they're uh, a fake team. I think that, you know, hopefully they have enough fizzle to last, but I respect what they're doing. They're putting together some better performances than they're getting credit for Carry on Johnson, 84% of his yardage has come after contact, right? So he's getting a lot of contact. He's getting touched a lot. They're going to have to give him some more help. The line is going to have to push people off of him for them to have a chance here. Darius Slay may be out in this one. He may be um, limited or just out altogether. And so that doesn't bode well for the Lions secondary. Got to like um, Sammy Watkins in this one. You know, depending on who you watch, who you listen to, He's got a tough matchup or he's got an easy matchup. It's like I've been on the same website and they said the same. They said different things at different points in the same article. He's got a tough matchup. He's got an easy matchup. So, look, it you know, sometimes people are too big to admit that they don't know. You know, what I'm going to tell you is it's easier to just invest in Mahomes. It's easy to do that because we don't know who the receptions are going to go to. And anybody that tries to guess it for you. It's just stupid. It doesn't make sense. It's not true. You can't guess that. Nobody knows that stuff. But if you want to invest in him, you know, that's something. And we'll talk about how to do it with Daily Fantasy because it's not going to be like we did with Cash last week. And we'll talk about that. Um, But in this one, we know the Chiefs should win. I do think that the Lions should be able to put up some points, though. Um, So it does have the, the potential to be that shootout. Reload. All right, our next one is the Patriots at the Bills. Should be a nice defensive game. I like Philip Dorsett, man. He's scored three times in three games. This dude's the man. Sonny Michelle's more of the plotter, right? He's going to get those touches, but I don't know what he's doing with them. Um, week, on weeks one and weeks three, he had 25 rushing yards on 24 carries. So 
that's not a lot, but that means he's still getting the work, though. And so I can't recommend some of the other guys because of his lack of production. They're going to just keep doing what they do in New England. But we can like Dorsett. The Bills, Cole Beasley's, you know, he's we got to keep our eye on him. He may be becoming a thing. He caught 18 to 23 targets through three weeks so far. So that's something that we can't really ignore. At some point, we got to start to pay more attention to that, I suppose. And now's the time to do that. Sorry about that, guys. I feel like that's a little bit better for me. Okay. Um, now, also, Dawson Knox. I mentioned him earlier. Possibly, um, you know, becoming a thing. Caught three or four targets for 67 yards and a score last week. Um, even when Allen has put the ball where it needs to be, his receivers are dropping it. His passes have been dropped eight times. That That's tied for second most in the NFL through three weeks. So, you know, they've got to be more sure-handed for him. They've got to help him out. It doesn't seem like they're doing too much on that regard. So, Allen's going to need help, especially this week. Um, last year, only Deshaun Watson had more scrambles than Allen. So, he, that does add to his value, knowing that he's taking off. And that does keep the defense honest. It helps his fantasy value from week to week. But ultimately, the Patriot defense right now is playing too well. This is not the time to mess around with them. In fact, I will be taking them in the cash games on DraftKings this week and the Patriots are going to go on the road and they're going to win this game in Buffalo reload next up Browns at the Ravens okay so Nick Chubb played on 67 of 68 snaps while drawing 23 carries and six targets out of the backfield. I'm saying this to say don't worry if you're a Nick Chubb owner. Regardless of what happens with them from week to week, he's still getting his volume. That's the important thing that I want you guys to know. Is the If the volume's there, we're fine. It may not work out every single game, but ultimately, not something to worry about. Baker Mayfield. Fifth in the NFL in dropbacks, lasting three seconds or longer. He's the only quarterback in the top five on that list with a completion rate below 50%. His is 41%. He also leads that group in percentage of those dropbacks resulting in a sack or throwaway. One every three dropbacks. He's having problems right now. He's doing what he's always done before, which is creating turnovers for himself by leaving clean pockets running away from clean pockets moving out of the clean pocket into the pressure so he's bringing on some of these issues but they're also not being very inventive this team is not like they're using the same um style of offense that the rams use they're using the same formations but they're not using play action at all that is the marquee of what they're doing so they've taken away the most important component of it and it's made life very difficult for them now if greedy williams and denzel ward can't play that changes things a little bit for marquise brown and makes him look you know in a like he's in a really good spot but they for more for what we know should be playing okay um as far as the last thing that i known and honestly you guys are getting this early this week and so at this point we still got a whole lot of time till game lock on Sunday. So what I'll do is be sure to kind of up, like update you guys through the Facebook page if we know anything that changes like really drastically. 
Mark Ingram, there's 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 only been um thirty well, there have been thirty-five player games this season where the player has seventeen or more carries. Mark Ingram does not have any one of those, but he still does lead the league with five rushing touchdowns. So look, touchdown dependent, but he's goal line dude. He's getting in there. He's not going to be getting 20 touches. We talked about this last year a little bit, how he's never been that bell cow dude. He's always been a complimentary dude, but he still maintains 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. He can get that done. That seems to still be the case. Marquise Brown, even though his recent production has been not that good um, since like that week one splash, he's still got good volume, 22 targets. Whoa, I'm like throwing things around in my room. Sorry, guys. Um, But he's got... Good volume over over this stretch. 22 targets still. So I'm saying that to say that over the course of the past couple of weeks, you heard me talking about how, you know, targets can create positive, you know, ju- judo for us. You know, like if you're getting targets, things can happen. If you're not being targeted, things can't happen. So that bodes well for him. So I'll say hang on. But in this one, I'm going to give it to the Ravens. They're at home. The Browns. They're a mess right now. I don't think, even if they get straightened out this week, they won't get that straight. And I actually do like um, Lamar Jackson uh, for GPP purposes. I think pairing him with Mark Ingram can actually be a nice little mini stack this week. And it's one of the things that I think I'm recommending for you, as you'll hear later, in the game that the Ravens should win and get back on track after that crushing loss to the Chiefs last week. Reload. Okay, our next one is the Titans at the Falcons. And the Titans, you know, they've, you know, this team has had a lot of issues so far. Pretty much, they've got nothing from Roger Saffold yet. Um, he's already allowed three sacks so far this year. He's been pretty ineffective. They're having problems stalling out. Uh, we know their receivers aren't the best. And I think this is all Mariota. And it's like, I'm screaming, put in Tannehill. Other people are saying it now. It's like, you got to turn a team over to Ryan Tannehill. It's immediately going to get better when Ryan Tannehill comes in. Like, immediately. So, I don't feel bad for them because they're stubbornly sticking with their dude. And it, for what? He has a little bit of, like, he has run value over Tannehill. But he can't pass for nothing. Ooh, I almost dropped the S right there. <laughs> so passionate about it but this dude can't pass for nothing this dude can't get the ball to anybody he sucks Corey davis is a darn is a burning dumpster fire you can't have terrible dudes hobbling around you got old dudes delaney walker like clean it up tennessee needs to clean it up you start with putting ryan Tannehill in atlanta on the other side of things at home in this one keanu neal's out second year in a row they're gonna run for most of the year without keanu neal and that really changes the dynamic of the defense so now things open up for the tight end it's a good week for delaney walker on the other side of things old man grandpa walker i just mentioned there but keanu neal's out i'd be demoralized if i were these guys but they got to play on ridley um i don't think this is going to be his week and it just illustrates a point i want to make he's not a bad player but he's got a high upside and a low floor so there are going to be weeks where he's got single digit points but there's going to be weeks where he goes off you got to understand that when you draft that. That's why I stay away from people like that. I'm looking for a sure thing, not a big bang sometimes, right? That's the big difference right there. But Atlanta's office isn't all about him. It isn't all about Julio. They got other things too. They have Muhammad Sanu, Austin Hooper. These guys both caught seven passes last week. Muhammad Sanu registered five first downs last week. 
do you have a receiver in your core right now that's doing that? Because I'm guaranteeing you Muhammad Sanu is out on the waiver wire right at this moment. But Hooper actually got into the end zone twice. So, you know, really good production. So if you're Matt Ryan guy, you got to hold on. Matt Ryan leads the league with 12 end zone throws through the first three weeks. You got to try to trade for Matt Ryan. If you are, you know, if you're like me, I've been trying to push Lamar Jackson for Matt Ryan. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it, but I like the upside. I like the value, and that's somewhere I'd want to land in this one i think the titans play pretty well defensively but all but ultimately they can't do anything with Mariota back there he's playing shell shocked right now and we got to give it up to the falcons reload okay our next one's going to be the bucks at the rams and the bucks look this team shoots themselves in the foot so many times i can't even believe it i watched this game they missed a straight line 34 yard field goal for the win it was not difficult this is an easy one, and the Bucks just can't do it. They can't, they can't, they can't win. Um, this is going to be a tough game for them. The Rams traditionally this year haven't given up points to the wide receivers, man. They're playing well defensively. The Rams' offensive line, though, they've allowed 49 pressures through three weeks. The Rams are dead last in pass-blocking efficiency, so if I'm the Buccaneers, I'm going to try to bring some pressure, try to bring the pain a little bit, see if we can't get there, uh, make life a little harder for golf back there so he can't just sit back and carve you up. The Rams' defense hadn't allowed a touchdown, like I said, though. The Rams' defense hadn't allowed a touchdown to receivers, I should say, yet despite facing DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., kept all these brothers out the end zone so it's going to be a tough matchup this week for the likes of michael evans for the likes of chris godwin you heard me picking against godwin picking against evan in the would you rather this is why it's going to be a tough matchup for them golf has 116.4 passer rating in home games 80.8 on the road so if I got to make an estimation, I'm going to say they go ahead and get busy in this one because he's at home. I think Cooper Cup across the middle is viable this game. And I think Ty Gurley gets the goal line work. They, they want to get this guy running. They want him to feel confident for when they need him. And even against this Bucks defense, I know they're stout. Like I said, I don't think he runs up and down the field all day, but he gets the goal line work. In the game that the Rams win, I sneaky like their defense because, yes, Jameis may be able to throw it up, but I think there's going to be some turnovers involved. And that is the reason why I do not like him. I don't believe in those receivers this week. It's going to be tough sledding in Los Angeles. Reload. Okay, our next game is the Seahawks at the Cardinals. And in this game, the Seahawks are struggling on defense so far this year, giving up a lot of points. And Chris Carson is struggling too with ball security. Three weeks, three fumbles. That's not going to be looked at highly by a lot of people around this league. This is why there's been so much concern around who's running the ball in Seattle because we know coaches just can't afford to stick with a guy that puts the ball on the ground that much. The Seahawks might have to go against their own desires, though, and they just might have to go a little bit more pass heavier than we expected. Lockett, he only got two targets in week one, but since then he's had 26 in two games. So double-digit catches in each game. So like I said, this uptick is happening if you can't trust them to keep the ball in their hands. So Lockett is viable for sure. Disley caught 11 of his 12 targets over the last two weeks and scored three times. And now he gets the Cardinals, who've allowed the tight end one performance in each and every game or week of this season. Um, and Disley is the man now that Nick Vanette's gone off to Pittsburgh. So we really like him for cash game purposes this week. Don't see a reason not to pick against them. 
And I'm honestly, guys, I'm thinking CJ Procise. And it's because, look, Rashad Penny's banged up. And we know they're not high on Chris Carson because of the fumbles. I think it's going to be more precise this week in a matchup against the Cardinals where maybe he can get some goal line work and do something for you. On the Cardinals side of thing, Kyler Murray leads the league with 45 pass attempts per game. Okay, so there is some volume there. I really do think that in the game where they're going to be trailing and with those type of pass attempts, there's going to be volume. So I really like Larry Fitzgerald. They've allowed also 11 more points uh, per game to the tight end than any other defense. Now, that's not going to keep lasting. But, you know, anytime you got like a good tight end right now, we got to call their bluff and we got to make them show us what they can do. So I don't think it's going to be as big of a shootout as everybody thinks. I think the Cardinals can run up and down the field a little bit. I don't think they're going to put the points up, though. Maybe 20 points they'll put up. But the Seahawks, I think they win this one something like 31, 21, something like that. But Seahawks win, guys. Reload. All right, and our next one, it's going to be the Bengals at the Steelers. And look, this game right here, um, the Bengals defense, they don't even know what to do with play action. They are allowing a 92% catch rate on play action, four touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating. So this is because they like can't have like they're having problems stopping the run. That's why they're having problems with play action too. So, you know, if you're the Steelers, this is a home game. This is a get rich spot. Um, this team has surrendered 16 explosive runs, the second most in the league. They're going to get gashed on the ground. If I'm the Steelers, just go ahead and line it up with Connor. This is the game. Get them going. Get them established. Run that football. It's, you know, this is a, a nice opportunity to take some load off of Mason. This is a nice opportunity to put some load on your back to prove he can handle it last year. So that's what I'm doing if I'm them. It is in Pittsburgh. It's a divisional game. Bengals may be a little better of a team right now, but I'm going to go ahead and give this one to the Steelers because they're at home and there's no A.J. Green. Reload. And our next game is going to be the Cowboys at the Saints. A little bit of Sunday night football. And Amari Cooper showed again. This guy's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Two touchdowns against Xavier Howard made the man look silly. And Howard, you can't, oh, he he only covered him so many plays. No, Howard covered him 30 of his 33 routes. So that's just Cooper taking Xavier Howard to class. Um, Cooper's averaging 21.3 fantasy points per game. So dude's on fire right now. Earn that money. Earn that money is what he's thinking. Cowboys have embraced that play action fake. Something that's raising the efficiency for them, right? And league-wide, too. Really, it's not just them. But they're using that fake handoff on 39% of their passing plays, only second to the Ravens. So it's really helped Dak as well. He's got a 137.5 passer rating off play action. Third in the league right now. He's the only quarterback yet to take a sack or throw away a pass when using play action. So they are really gaining a lot out of it because of that prolific blocking and run game. The defense got Robert Quinn right now. So, you know, that's really helping put them, you know, at the top right now. They're in a good space. They're going into New Orleans to face a team that's Teddy Bridgewater led, and he's got to go downfield. You look at his, you know, game last game, and they did not matriculate the ball downfield. They're not going to win this one unless he can stretch the field. He's got it. They can't do dinks and dunks. They can't do three yards and hope that somebody breaks it for a large run. They just, he has to get the ball downfield. And Kamara has to be involved. I really like Kamara in this one. But ultimately, this is the big test for the Cowboys. And 
guys, I'm going to go ahead and say the Saints win this one. I think they shock people and actually win this game. I'm going to go ahead and put this one on the Saints. Reload. All right. Our last shot. We got to make it good. This is the final one. It's going to be the Jags and the Broncos, the Jaguars and the Broncos. And DJ Chark, um, you know, he's been awesome so far. I'm an LSU mark, so you know I love him. I'm an LSU fan. I got to love him. But, look, uh, D.D. Westbrook, 19 targets so far. Leonard Fournette has 20 targets so far. Chark, he doesn't even have as much targets as those. He's only got 18. So, you know, as much as people love him right now, we got to understand that he's not where we think he is in the pecking order, or I should say where you want him to be in the pecking order. There's still an order, and he's got to adhere to it. Um, he's already set career highs, though, in reception yards, touchdowns, and first downs, even though, check this, he's 13 targets shy of his season total from a year ago. So it took him less tries by a lot to set um, records for himself, which is amazing. That's the big thing to note here. Um, Shark dropped Shark dropped five of the 19 catchable passes thrown his way as a rookie last year, and he's yet to drop a single pass so far this year. So just more evidence of his progression. He's picking it up, and he's turning into a, um, a weapon for them. Problem with this team is their O-line. They've been flagged 13 times so far this year. That's the most of any offensive line in the NFL. Flags kill drives. Killing drives kills points. It's as simple as that. Killing points kills wins. So they got to figure that part out. The Broncos, um, just one little thing to note. Sutton gets targeted twice as much as Sanders. Do with that what you will, you know, but there's no discrepancy about who gets more targets. Now, in this one, I really do like Philip Lindsay. I like Freeman. I saw Lindsay run like a man last week. I think this dude is awesome. I wish I had him. He's a great player. Like, I wish I was a Broncos fan when I saw him run. Like, he's good. But it's going to be a tough game this week. But ultimately, um, as well as Minshew has been playing, I think that the Broncos are not as bad as people think. It's going to be a tough game. But I think they're pretty good defense. And I think they can win this one. I will take the Broncos, and that is the reload segment for this week. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it imparted some wisdom to you. I hope you have a better idea what you want to do with your season-long fantasy team, and uh, hopefully we'll find out and, and we'll see just how right we were. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks, we'll give you GPP picks, and we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. Okay, gather round, my friends. We are in the home stretch. Now it's time to go over our DraftKings Week 4 DFS Picks by me Yeah, I'm going to make it short and sweet for you And if you didn't hear at the top of the show Because you fast forwarded it, which is totally cool Do that, I'll totally do that You can listen to this in segments You can listen to it in segments, I swear to you But if you didn't hear before At the website from now on And forever for, you guys, Hey, did you guys see Sandlot? Forever 
uh didn't sound like him quite but close anyways um now and forever www.tigerbombsae.com on the process page you're going to have my dfs picks for the week so i will put them salaries names and so you can reference that as you're making your picks i know you guys will like that so i will work that out what i will tell you is you're going to get um a lot of stuff tonight friday it's going to be released so by the time you wake up and you blink those pearly whites and you get your game your day going you'll have some dfs information in your pocket but um it's not going to be on the website until tomorrow morning though i'm going to need to design a whole new section and i'm not doing that tonight because it's friday night and i have a life so we have other things to do so let's get on with it and we'll get on with everything else too um all right so the mahomes experiment let me just talk about this quickly last week I did fine. I drew back cash, not as much as I wanted. I did. I was a net profit, and it's because I did something that you should never do. I played a cash game. I played two different cash game lineups. There should only be one cash game lineup, but I needed to do an experiment, and I needed to find out if it's possible to cash in cash games with Mahomes. So I did half with him, and I did half with Wentz in my lineup. Now the Wentz cash games won in week three. But the Mahomes ones did not. And that is because it's true. He's too expensive. You can't get around it. He's too expensive. It really harbors what else you can do. And it's not really worth it. So lesson learned. And I did it so you didn't have to. So from now on, you can play Mahomes every single week. But it has to be in GPP only. You can play him every single week. Because we know what the upside is. But it has to be GPP. Now that we've got that disclaimer out of the way, quarterbacks, top of the list, 7,500, GPP only, and always, Patrick Mahomes. That's correct. All right. Um, now, from there, I do like for GPP purposes also Lamar Jackson at 6,900. And then let's get into some cash game meat right here. Deshaun Watson, 6,400. Phillip Rivers, 6,200. Russ Wilson, 6,100. I like those guys. Another GPP pick, Matt Ryan at $5,900 right now. Matt Stafford at $5,500, cash only because he's going to be so chalky. So you just kind of got to roll with it. Everybody's going to be rolling with it. Um, I'm very tempted to do it myself because he's so cheap. That means every single body will have him because he's, I mean, everybody will have him, guys. So it's just something we got to think about. Now, Case Keenum. $4,900 cash. That's what I would do. Cash game. That's where you play Case Keenum right now. He's viable right there because of the statistics we talked about. He's in a pretty good spot against the Giants. I like it. I would play him this week for sure. Running back position. Um, McCaffrey, $8,800 GPP only. We're playing him because he's so expensive. He has high upside, but it's definitely a GPP only. Eckler's too expensive. Considering Jackson is in play, there's nobody in play behind McCaffrey. Eckler's $8,000. We cannot afford that with Jackson lurking, so we have to fade him. David Johnson, $6,800 in play. Either cash or GPP, I think. I don't care. You can play him for both. That's the one dude I'm going to recommend that you can play for both this week. Mark Ingram, $6,600 GPP. I like him as a stack. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
Henry, Travis Henry, $6,300 cash game. Um, I like that right there because they have no choice. The quarterback stinks. So, they, I mean, we, we just talked about the fact that Mariota sucks. And so they really do need to uh, adhere to this, this cash game. Or, I'm sorry, adhere to this run game. LaShawn McCoy, $5,600. Cheap enough to be a cash game option because of his usage in that offense. And I told you he looked great last week. Now, now here, surprisingly enough, I'm going to give you Daryl Williams, too. $4,700. That's why. But he's GPP. He's the GPP pick. $4,700. He's cheap enough to return value at 109 scrimmage yards last week. That's worth $4,700. So in a GPP flyer, we can definitely take a look at him. But cash games, it's McCoy at 56, which is a nice bargain anyways. Chris Thompson, $4,500. We like him for cash. I like him down there. He's just a part of what they do. He's a bailout weapon for Keenum. Wide receivers, as far as they go, Keenan Allen, $7,600. I mentioned it earlier. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. I keep bumping the mic. I mentioned it earlier. I'm crossing him off the list. He's got to go. We're going to fade him. And hold on. Let me get my pen. Because I'll forget. I'll go out. I'll hang out. I'll do stuff, and I'll forget. All right. Okay. Crossed him off. All right. Now, Sammy Watkins, GPP only, $6,700. Like I said, depending on which site you go to, who you talk to, he's in a good spot. He's in the best spot. They don't know, and they're afraid to say. That's why it's a GPP play. Depending on who covers him, depending on if Darius Slay plays, there's a lot of mitigating factors. So I'm going to say a GPP play because it is a good GPP play, $6,700. I like Edelman for GPP, $6,500. Lockett's in play for cash, $6,300. We really like that. You have to have them. That, that stack with Russ is fine. Larry Fitzgerald, $5,600 for cash. We want that. And then Diggs, $5,500 for GPPs. We like that. Uh, Marvin Jones, $5,400. I can't recommend Galladay. I just can't do it. I want to. I can't do it. Just take Marvin Jones. He's cheaper. I felt so. I had Galladay. I wanted to tell you guys to do it. I couldn't reconcile the price. And it's not that much more. He's only like $500 more. But honestly, guys, just Marvin Jones, $5,400. Don't do it to us, okay? Um, DJ Metcalf at $4,800 for GPP. I like that. Philip Dorsett, $4,700 for GPP. I like that. Curtis Samuel, $4,600. We like that. GPP purposes. Um, some people will say cash. I don't know about that. Um, McLaurin, $4,500. If you want to pair him with Keenum, I'm okay with that. Deion Kane, $3,200. I really like him, as I mentioned when we went through that reload section. All right, so those are our wide receivers for week four and one to the tight ends the top evan ingram fifty seven hundred dollars for cash games just stick with that dude okay and then we got a few gpp ones waller at fifty two hundred dollars you could play him or austin hooper at forty three hundred dollars i'd be fine playing him for gpps and then disley at the bottom thirty six hundred dollars that's a cash game play will disley and then TJ Hawkinson is so cheap, $3,300. You can play him. The Lions in that matchup against the Chiefs, I think they're going to try to sling it any way they can sling it. I really like the idea of playing Hawkinson at $3,300, and maybe he's a lower-owned play out of that whole slate, or that whole game, rather. And then defenses. Um, let's fade the Chargers, just like Eckler, just like Allen, just too popular. Let's fade it. Let's fade it. So let's go with the Pats as our cash game defense, $3,700. Let's go with the 
And guys, I hope that makes sense for me telling you to fade it in, in, in daily. We can't play all that chalk and win. We can't do it. We can't. I can't recommend it. I can't ask you to keep listening to me. And then I'm just going to tell you to do stuff that you can hear on ESPN. Guys, this is not about how to almost win a cash game. This is about how to get your money, baby. This is about how to cash. This is about how to win a qualifier. This is about how to do it all. And we have to take a chance. The chance this week is we fading the Chargers against the Dolphins. Not because it's, they're going to lose. We know they're going to win. We said that. We're fading them because it's too popular. We have to get off of it. I don't think they're going to be as successful as the price warrants. And I want y'all to ride the wave with me this week. I'll take it on the chin if we lose. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we got their number if we let all the marks go do that. Marks are suckers. I'm sorry. I've been watching. I've been listening to like the, the Count Out Pro Wrestling podcast too much. All the marks are suckers. Let the suckers, you know, or the donkeys as DFS players go. Let the donkeys play the Chargers this week. Let's be savvy. There are a lot of other plays that should be equally good, if not better, in my opinion. So, Pat's $3,700 for cash. Rams, $3,500 for GPPs. And the Bears and the Vikings, sure, $3,400 both in plays for GPPs. Why not? Broncos, $2,900 and play for GPP. Redskins, $2,800 and play for GPP. And finally, Stacks. I think you can look at the stack combinations for the Chargers for cash game purposes. The Chiefs, you can look at, um, and the Chiefs obviously, as I said, that will you, you want to do uh, Mahomes and GPPs, and so that's going to be a GPP stack. Lions in cash, Ravens in GPP, Redskins in, um, I think either you would be okay. Colts in either I would be okay, and that is our DFS picks for the week. Well, kids, there you have it. That's the NFL Week 4 podcast at The Process. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I hope you appreciate the work we put in over here. And things are always going to keep getting better. We're going to keep improving the quality of what we bring to you literally and um, figuratively as well. You know where to find us. You know all the different ways to find us. Let me know if you need some help. But I hope this has been very helpful. I'll catch you next week. And here's to profit for all of us. Cheers, baby. And remember, this is your home to learn, scout, win, and repeat at the process. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.